Okay, everybody, Arch here, and it is Friday night, which can only mean we're talking NASCAR, but we can tease a little bit, right, Phil? We can tease a little stuff coming up. Oh, we can we can tease it. We all know that the NFL is an absolute wagon, and tomorrow night, we've got a new co-host coming in, and we're going to be talking about all the betting angles in the NFC East, and then we're going to record another show right after about the NFC North. It's time, dude. Football is right around the corner. Mm, that's unbelievable. Steve, are you ready to lose money in the NFL this year? I'm, I'm ready for football. I'm not ready to lose money, though. <laughs> well, it's good. You better listen tomorrow night, then. <laughs> I'll be tuning in. Yeah, I'm excited. Are you going to go live, or are you just going to record local? I think we're going to record local. It's the, the guy's first time in front of a, a microphone in about, I don't know, 15 years. Oh, so wow. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to break him back in very gently. Uh, we're going all the way back to to my high school partner on the uh, the morning minute, which was the the daily news uh, television show at my high school. So uh, we're going in the Wayback Machine, and I'm calling in some old talent. Wow, bringing in the grizzled old veteran to talk NFL. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. He only has a few less kids than Kyle. So Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Very good. So here we are. We're, we're going to talk racing tonight. Mm. We've got four races this weekend, Arch. We've got the uh, the Cup Series. They're in Richmond. Uh, we've got the Xfinity Series. They're uh, racing on a road course, Road America. The truckers are also in Richmond. And then we've got a little Formula One, and I think they're in Hungary. Mm, Steve? That was that last right? week. They're in Belgium this week. Belgium. I get all those countries mixed up. Flyover countries, we call them. Right, right. They're not really destinations. <laughs> and it's raining. So, I mean, how good could it be? Perfect. Where do you want to start? Belgium, apparently. You do? What's that? What was about Belgium? please. You do. You repeat. I said it it always rains in Belgium. Okay. okay, It it rains every year they go to that track. Yeah. Well, I think think we should just start by talking a little bit about last week. Yes. There was was a lot of good, and then there was some bad on Sunday. So what do you want to start with, Steve? You want to rip the Band-Aid off first and talk about the bad, or should we victory lap the good? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like to end things on a good note, right? So let's go ahead and start with the bad and end with the good. Let's do it. So we lost quite a few lo- units on the uh, the High Point 400, uh, which was the Cup Series. And it was a card that the results were worse than probably what we deserved. Um, we... We took a beating on the the double Ryan Blaney fade, uh, and we had him. He was in second place, Steve, in these these two head to heads. He was second overall, and then blew a. I think he dropped a cylinder. Is that right? That's correct. Oh, yeah, wow. he was definitely running out front and uh, run right side of things, and just didn't uh, pan out. Yeah, so that was a, a good call by you. Uh, we were on a fast car. We got a, a result that we didn't deserve. Uh, another thing that kind of falls into that category, we had Kyle Bush. He was hauling the mail. Uh, we had him for a, a top five, and we had him over Denny Hamlin, who was the eventual winner of the race. But maybe Kyle Bush could have changed things up there. So what happened to Kyle? Because he was, he was rolling. Yeah, he had to start in the back, I believe. He started way back in mid-20s. And it was, it was tough to pass. Pocono is very much a track position race, but... Kyle showed some good pace in uh, practice, and he's shown really good pace historically at this track. So to me, it felt like uh, he's got multi- he had multiple wins here. So getting him at plus money for a top five felt like the right side. Just I believe he got to the fence at one point. He did, and that, that was kind of it. That was uh, that was that was nearly the end of it. Um, and then I, we had Daniel Suarez. He was he was just slow. Uh, over Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman might be a play on spot. There's a little little bit of a tease. Uh, we had Chase Elliott as well. Uh, he cashed the top 10, but he really, really wasn't in the mix for a win like we thought he would be. Yeah, we know um, we're definitely in it for a long haul for Elliott, and uh, he's just taking a long time to get back into the mix, uh, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, we need him to get things rolling, playoffs around the corner. Uh, I'm sure he knows that, and um, hopefully uh, gets the wheels turning. Is you know, nice cliche there. Yes, yeah, Steve, that was uh, quite a pun. Um, yeah, yeah, but 
I think you're 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 saying we're in it for the the long haul with him because we've got those those championship tickets on him uh, at that bad number that FanDuel hung before he came back, uh, and now that's looking about the the price that we have is about the going rate. So go ahead and turn it on now, Chase. the 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 ride was fun while we had the bad number, and now it's now it's kind of crunch time. Um, so you know that that was most of the bad, Steve. We had a little bit of unfortunate luck in the Xfinity race on Saturday. Uh, we turned a profit for that race. However, we were on Josh Berry, Cole Custer, and Justin Allgaier, all for the top three. And at one point, we had all three guys there, and we ended up cashing zero of them. Uh, mm. Berry wrecked it. Allgaier wrecked it. Uh, Custer wrecked it. So uh, how do you feel about our Xfinity handicap? Yeah, feels like we had a you know um, had a good chance to do well in, until the, the very end there. You know, feels like we started off pretty hot. We started out with with the trucks and Kyle Busch with the la- last lap pass. Now, that was that was pretty sick. Uh, he, you know, he had, clearly had the fastest truck the whole race, and I guess he was kind of playing with his food a little bit and uh, got done at the very end, and then uh, got you know headed straight into Xfinity. Josh Berry led good portion of the race he was the best car by far yeah for sure and you know i had the number one pit stall that's a big edge you know at pocono uh, for sure and uh just looked really good and things didn't work out uh got into the wall Uh, i don't know i don't know what was going maybe he got you know he got pushed a little little hard in the corner just he went off the racetrack uh on that reach on that restart and um uh, for whatever reason, I can't remember who it was, but there was a late caution. You know, Barry had the race in hand and then just uh, just lost on the, on the final restart. Yep, yep. Um, we did we did uh, cash a, a bunch of head-to-heads in this race, so we were able, like I said, to grind a profit. Would have been nice to have Josh Barry, that, that outright win ticket hit. Although if anybody that listens to the show is a psychopath like me. You had an Austin Hill win ticket in your back pocket. <laughs> That's not so bad, huh? There you go. Uh, you know, it, when you bet on him every week, you know, eventually, you know, you're going to hit it once in a while, right? That's true. That's true. Uh, we had a nice number. So that was, that was pretty cool. Although the, the book club, we did cash him on two head to head. So that was nice. And then, you know, talk about being hot, Steve. We hit Joseph Newgarden for outright winners, in both IndyCar races, Saturday and Sunday, we got the double dip with Joey Nugs, and that came home. Yeah, that guy. That guy is, um, you know, in, in bowling we have a term when you're really good somewhere, you need to get a locker. Uh, you know, <laughs> and that's you know, and um, sorry for IndyCar, if 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 that existed, uh, Newgarner, we need to get a locker for you know, um, <laughs> Mid Ohio. Yeah, he would probably no, settle no, for like no. a camper, like a permanent camper on the infield. Yeah, there you go. That that would be the equivalent, I think, to the the bowling world. But that guy is just unbelievable. I mean, if if there hadn't been late yellows, he would have lapped the field both both races. I mean, he was incredible. Impossible to bet against the guy on ovals. That's what I've been talking about all year long when it comes to him. Um, unfortunate that I think the the cat is out of the bag. Uh, it, it's going to be a max. Verstappen kind of number, I think, in in Formula One is what we're going to see for the final over the oval of the year in IndyCar. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll bet it anyway. I believe that's going to be a gateway, right? That's where they usually have that uh, that final oval race. Uh, so, yep. Spoiler alert: We are betting Joseph Newgarden, whatever the number is. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the new business. That was the mixed bag from last week, Steve. Where do you want to start? Um, same way we always do, I guess, right? Start with the trucks. That's actually um, Road America's first. So if you want to go in order of events, then we would start with Road America. Let's do it. That's so, the Xfinity series. That's correct. So kind, of a, kind of an odd thing here, Steve. Uh, not a lot of cup ringers in the Xfinity series this weekend, but we do see Road Course Ace AJ Allmendinger in the field. So he's probably got some some awesome travel arrangements, maybe a private flight or something. Uh, but we've got him to win. We got him pre-flop at even money at Bet Rivers, and he slammed that sucker on the pole. 
Right, yeah. I would not recommend AJ to take commercial flights uh, this weekend because he's going to need to get to point A and B uh, pretty rapidly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, AJ, I mean, Royal America is over there up in uh, Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, the cup race is in Richmond. So that's pretty uh, pretty big distance. Get big gap there, so um, yeah, and it's it's ballsy because he's given up uh, practice for yeah. The this series. is um, yeah, this is a big headline this week. AJ is uh, right outside the point, you know, the the cut line of the playoffs for the Cup Series. So obviously, you can't practice on Saturday. Uh, so he's giving up his starting position. He's given up some valuable on track time. So. I guess he finds that, you know, this this road course to be important. They had a repave, so maybe he's gathering some data for the team. I don't know what the, what's going on over there, but uh, I know those, you know, those guys like, like the trophy hunt. So I guess maybe there's multiple factors in play here, but I guess it's good for us because we got a nice number on them for, you know, pre-practice today. Yeah, I, you make a really good point there. I, I didn't think about the um, the intel gathering side of it you got to think that he he probably has a better shot to win on a road course in the cup series than you know at richmond no matter how good he qualifies um so yeah maybe maybe that's what the goal is for this weekend i'm sure he plans to you know run well in the cup series you know for those there's two more road courses remaining before the playoffs so maybe he's just knocking off some rust you know that Maybe uh, Colley just wants him to win. You know, there could, could be, like I said, could be a couple things in play there. Very, very interesting. Um, but going down the card a little bit, we've got Cole Custer, our, our, you know, weekly heartbreaker for a top three plus 125. He qualified second. Yeah, and I was, I got to say, um, despite us being on AJ, Cole looked uh, – Pretty speedy uh, today in practice and qualifying. He was putting up uh, lap times that were uh, not too far off from the, the dinger. So I like the sign that we're on there for Cole. Um, Going to have some issues uh, looking at the, the practice times, though, because the truck race and Xfinity um, series, they ran practice at the same time. And NASCAR, I guess it didn't account for that. So there's some trouble with live scoring today. So I'm not going to have a whole lot of data to look at for practice, unfortunately. Could be a good thing for us. Could be bad. I don't know until they kind of uh, repost these odds a little more widely across the board. I imagine that's what the holdup is. So folks are probably confused just like we are. Yeah, yeah. It's um, It's been, you know, really hard to – to dial in on, on what moves we should make tomorrow without the uh, the lap-by-lap -lap raw data that we normally sift through. So, um, you know, Custer looked good. Who knows where he'll open back up. The, the books haven't obliged. Uh, but I feel like we're in good there, uh, you know, especially on a road course with Colt Custer. So I can't wait to lose that one uh, on lap 17. <laughs> <laughs> For the top five, we've got Justin Allgaier. Uh, plus 175, that was hanging at Caesars. That felt like a really good number. He was also around plus 350 for a top three, and he qualified third. So we're going to have closing line value there as well. Yep. Um, so looking at the, you know, looking at my year-long and track history data, it seems like AJ, of course, is number one. And uh, Custer is right there, number two, and Allgaier is number three. So it looks, you know, what what we saw today kind of lines right up with what uh, the numbers showed us pre-practice. So because like yeah, good, good job definitely, there. Definitely a case of things going according to plan, which normally never happens. So here we are. We've got our three horses in the positional markets starting one, two, three. Uh, it'll go terribly wrong. We apologize in advance. Uh, <laughs> the only the only head to head that we had, Steve. Daniel Hemrick, who looked to have a little bit of trouble in qualifying over Josh Berry. It was a plus number, plus 110. Daniel Hemrick shows up very favorably in our road course data. Yeah, I didn't get to see all of practice for Xfinity you know, with, with both series running at the same time. Um, but I, I, Hemrick did not qualify, I don't think. So that's kind of what's going on there. And Josh Berry did qualify, but he was kind of slow. So it's kind of an interesting one. I mean, I don't think the, sh the line is going to shift a ton. You know, track position being important for sure. Uh, I just know that books like to look at, you know, practice data a lot this year. So um, we'll see how that unfolds. 
but I don't, you know, I'm not too concerned because you know, Josh Berry didn't seem to have a lot of pace today, so that's not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, and Hemrick has shown, uh, you know, like an affinity for these road courses this year, with you know, um, exception to the the time when his car spontaneously combusted under yellow. Um, you know, Hemrick has looked good on these road courses, so I like where we're at. I might even average up and get a better price tomorrow if we see it again. Uh, you know, but I don't mind the position, even though Hemrick is starting so far back. So that that about wraps up what we've got for pre-flop plays. I'm looking here. It looks like the only book with any sort of lines is Superbook. Um, so what are, what are we thinking? Have you had a chance to to go down the list here and, and pick anything out? A couch cushion bed, if you will. Yeah, I'm pulling up the uh, odds right now. It looks like for Xfinity, um, as I think you mentioned already, AJ reopened at minus one twenty. Um, if you look at the matchups, yeah, Creed, Custer, Allgaier, Custer, um, Austin Hill looked pretty good today. Uh, so I'm sure I'm sure you'll be placing a personal wager on that as you know per weekly ritual. Is Austin Hill racing this weekend? Why would he not be racing? Then I will have a win today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, go. so the, the one that immediately pops out to me, Steve, Allgaier, minus 130 over Sheldon Creed. The price looks a little bit steep, but we have seen Creed throughout his entire career make boneheaded mistakes. Even when he has the fastest car in the field, he will find somebody to get upset at and wreck the thing. I agree, um, and and you know Allgaier showed good pace, and so yeah, I'm definitely down to to back Allgaier there. Creed, um, with the little amount of data that I can actually pull from, appeared that he was um, kind of mid, you know, back in the teens in practice time, so pretty far off from Allgaier. So you got Allgaier with a faster car, and uh, Creed qualified 12th, so Allgaier's had a better track position too. That in mind, I feel like playing the juice. Good to go on that end. Look at you playing the juice. We've come a long way, pal. I used to not play anything like more than minus one fifteen, and now yeah, that uh, was your cutoff. That was it. Yeah, I mean, like it, those days are gone, man. Now we're betting, you know, on Sundays sometimes we're taking for Stappen minus three six to lead at the five laps. You know, we're not we're not scared of uh, you know open up our options a little bit now. We did hit uh, Verstappen to win at minus 210 at FanDuel last weekend, come to think of it. So that was like a, a really, really good price. And that was maybe the easiest winner we'll ever have in the history of motorsport. Yep. So I'm not going to get too far into that. I just want to talk about, you know, kind of the, uh, the yeah, juice yeah. versus value, uh, I guess you'd call it, mentality. Right on. So anything else stick out? Um, well, we got... Austin Hill versus Sammy Smith. I'm not sure where I'd go with that, but I know where you would go with that. Uh, Austin, Austin Hill. <laughs> um, Sammy Smith would start 10th. Uh, Austin Hill starting 14th. So, yeah, a little track position there. Um, as, you, as, you, as you mentioned, Josh Berry is now minus 160 versus Hemrick is plus 140 in Superbook. So, I would, you know, if, if you're fresh – into the plays here, I'd still go ahead and maybe sprinkle a little Hemrick or a Barry. Uh, Riley Herbst looked really good today, but that's a little too much juice for me at minus 150. So I'm just going to wait and see what these books reopen at, you know, a little more widely across the board. Yeah, it sure does help to have at least two books so you can shop them against each other and kind of see, um, you know, not just what the best number is, but, but what the thought process is for these guys. So, um, you know, wouldn't rush to play it until maybe tomorrow until we see some some books open this market back up. So uh, just something to, to start getting some ideas on. Sir, let's talk about the trucks. They're in Richmond. Um, let's see what the, the card looks like. It was very thin, very thin uh, to start it. We're going with Matt Benedetto on the outright winner. Uh, he was 45 to 1 at Caesars. Matt Crafton, 80 to 1 at Bet365. Yeah, so um, these these two guys ranked pretty high 
when I ran the numbers, and you got them at pretty good numbers uh, as far as the odds go. Um, Matty D has picked up the pace quite a bit, and especially it seems like he's uh, performed well at the short tracks. Now, for you cup veterans that are listening out there, you remember Matty D almost won his only race at, at Bristol. So this is a guy that kind of performs well, you know, especially when it comes to these shorter tracks. So Richmond falls right into that kind of groove there. And uh, he was, you know, 40 to one. I think he reopened up as, uh, you know, a particular book uh, or a little shorter. So we got a decent price there. And so did Crafton. So again, Matt Crafton is a guy that, uh, Looked pretty good when I ran the numbers pre-practice. Uh, qualified pretty good. He qualified eighth, so he's going to have a little bit of track position going into the race tomorrow night. And I, I kind of like uh, where we got where we ended up on these two guys. Crafton uh, just qualified eighth, and uh, Matty D qualified tenth. Uh, so, yeah, and Crafton was was really fast in practice. I think he I think he was second, or third overall in practice uh, for the fastest time. So that was impressive. I like where we are on him. If memory serves, Steve, weren't you in the house at Bristol when Matty D was, uh, you know, looking to win his his first and only Cup race? Weren't you there? I don't. I wasn't at that one. Oh um, shoot. Okay. That might I was been. at the one where uh, Kurt Busch won. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was cool to see. You know, obviously cool to see Kurt Busch win. Of course. Uh, Love that guy kind of had his career cut short, as you know, so it's cool to see him kind of win in person at least once. Yeah, the uh, the one-year anniversary uh, for that just passed at Pocono, so shout-out to Kurt Busch. We hope to see you back in a car at some point in some capacity, maybe SRX series or something. I, they've got a seat opening with that um, dope Paul Tracy getting suspended today. Yeah, that, how cool would that be to see, you know, Kurt Busch, a classy guy, replace a guy like Paul Tracy? That would be awesome. Also, <laughs> Shout out to the SRX series. We've gotten outright winners in that the last two weekends. We had Ryan Newman the uh, last Thursday, and then the Thursday past, we just had Kyle Busch, another no-doubter. So uh, the SRX series has been very good to the Speedway gang. Yeah, there you go. I mean, this felt like a layup, right? How do you not take a guy like Kyle Busch to win uh, an SRX race against guys like Ryan Newman and Clint Boyer? I mean, these guys... <laughs> These guys are not in their prime, right? And they're going to give us plus 175 on it, you know? So, you know, just Kyle Busch is awesome. And who has had a better career hopping from one car to another and winning races? I mean, that's what the guy does. That's true. Nice. Talk about uh, versatility. So, yeah, man. Yep. So we did a lot of winning. It was just that one cup race that, that got us. But, yeah. uh, you know, for the truck series head-to-heads, we've only got one pre-flop and it is nick sanchez over Stuart friesen minus 125 that was at superbook um you know superbook again is the only place with odds out this head-to-head is now minus 110 both sides so we're losing a little bit of closing line value how do you feel about it now yeah i mean i'm i don't really understand the uh the repost there so sanchez qualified 14th and uh friesen qualified 23rd so Richmond is a place where uh, track position matters quite a bit. Uh, so with that in mind, I mean, the practice, the, you know, again, I limited on practice data here, but I looked at the kind of, you know, the average times between laps one and 10, and it, it appeared that these two were pretty close. Uh, Friesen only slightly edged Sanchez, you know, when it came to that metric. So I would, I would happily take, you know, um, nine places of track position over you know one spot in practice speed yeah i mean you never know what these guys are doing in practice anyway whether they're doing you know a a long type of of run or a like a short sprint you just you you can't read too too much into that i think the qualifying gives a you know a little bit better of a a picture because both guys are are trying to go for the fastest lap uh that they can so i really really like the the nine position differential there also, it's pro- it, I, I don't think it's live pit stops, right? Since it's a, a split squad. Road America is not live because the crews are not uh, taking the trip to Wisconsin there and back to Richmond. So, but it, the the trucks are live 
I, I believe so. I believe they would be using the uh, the Cup crews for that race. Um, okay. All right. So I would, need, I would need to solidify my uh, information there, but I, I think that's how that works. Fair uh, enough. All right. So that that has no bearing whatsoever on what I was just going to say. I just I, like I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but that's just my um, like I said. I need to solidify that information. So. All right. Well, we'll we'll pull that back from yeah. from being on the air. Yeah. So, Arch, cut that out. No. Just just kidding. Don't. Okay. okay. So, um, looking at the the updated head to heads here, Steve, is there anything that sticks out to you? Well, going back on practice uh, shortly oh, yeah, here, um, they did practice in the daytime, and this race is going to be at night. So, uh, another reason to kind of not worry too much about this practice session. You know, teams are going to come out with a session that's set up for you know nighttime. You know, more grip. You know, the sun's beating down this racetrack during the daytime, so not going to get a whole you know very good comparison of what these guys are bringing. So. I think Sanchez has been better this year when, when it comes to race trim and freezing. So that's kind of what I'm, I, I feel pretty good still. And if you haven't gotten down on this matchup, you can still do that you know, even at a better price. Yeah. And not to mention how hot it is on the East Coast. I mean, it is blistering hot. We're talking, you know, 95 degrees during the day. So at, at night, it's going to cool off significantly. We're going to see this track be completely different. Yep, exactly right. So looking forward to see what these uh, books repost as far as odds go. Hopefully we get some more matchups. Uh, I just didn't see a lot that I could take advantage of, you know, prior to uh, practice. So sometimes you get some skewed numbers between a couple guys, you know, big plus numbers, depending on what happened. So if you can uh, take advantage of that, we'll see. Correct. Feels good. And it looks like it's going to be dry in Richmond. I was seeing some some rain earlier this week, but my uh, my Apple weather widget says it's going to be dry tomorrow. So I, I like that. I, you know, hope to hold them to it. Uh, so, yeah. you know, that's we'll right. And, uh, I think I mean, this is a track where they have the wet weather package. Right. So we, we don't want that. We want dry conditions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need the uh, the variance. Uh, but that, I guess that wraps up the, the truck card, unless there's any couch cushion plays that you have here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking now to see if anything interests me. I'm always interested in Zane Smith at a plus number, no matter who it's against. We see him here plus 125 against Corey Heim. Yeah, Corey Heim was um, kind of an interesting one. He, um, I, again, I don't know how reliable this data is, but he wasn't all that particularly fast. I get probably one of the guys set up for the night race, but Zane Smith pretty good and, and he's been really good this year on short tracks so uh, pretty good at martinsville i'm looking at that a little bit and uh, plus 125 i mean we know how good Corey heim's been but you know zane is always gonna be right there with him so you gotta at least consider that at plus 125 yes yep um and then you know are we going back to the well on our man dean we've got dean thompson minus 110 over rajay Caruth. Yeah, I, I love to see the you know these these books you know put out these matchups with these uh, lower tier guys you know uh, but you know Rajai's been really good this year and Dean Thompson's been really good this year so I was just going to say you you hold your tongue calling Dean Thompson a, a lower tier guy I I, I I had I had to correct myself a little bit there at the end yeah I know what you mean but you know these Rajas you know these guys have shown a lot of pace this year and. But Raja hasn't all been all that quick on the shorter tracks. So I'm not sure if you have a lot of data on Dean Thompson's short tracks, but you know, I would certainly kind of look at fading uh, Raja here for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, it seems to me that, that Raja's pace has been on the mile and a half right. uh, when, when he's had the elite speed and the, uh, you know, the DNFs for the thing blowing up. So, um, you know, on the, on the short tracks, I'm looking at Dean's finishes – Nothing to write home about. 21st yeah. at Martinsville earlier this year. Um, so not great. If we're, if we're talking breaking zones, then, you know, Pocono might be a factor. He was eighth last weekend. Uh, so maybe a little, a little positive Uncle Mo in that stable. Yeah, Pocono is kind of, you know, the flatter variety track too. So if you want to try to incorporate that aspect, you also got that to go, you know, put in the bank. Yeah, sometimes I like to squint real hard so that the data tells me what I want it to tell me. 
<laughs> like, I love that. Yeah, give me a reason to bet Dean Thompson. That that's it. He finished eighth at Pocono. There you go. There it is. All right, cool, man. Anything else in the trucks? I, I don't think so. We, we got um, William Sawalich back this week uh, without looking too, you know, diving into you know the deep stuff too much. Uh, I would absolutely take a look at Taylor Gray in that matchup. I mean, Taylor Gray has been running the Arca stuff for a while. Um, Sawalich, I, I hope I'm saying that name right. but <laughs> It looks like Sandwich to me. It does look like sandwich, but you know, just, I'll, I mean, I can call him sandwich. Yeah, let's call him sandwich. All right, Willie Sandwich here. That's it. Uh, I will take Taylor Gray over the sandwich anytime. I, I like I like Taylor Gray's uh, runs this year. I like how he's been running uh, at, at short track. He was really good at IRP. I think last year almost uh, won that race. So, uh, and that's another high wear racetrack. So you look at something like that and you think uh, Taylor Gray's got you know got what it takes to, to win this matchup. He's got the goods. And one of those Gray brothers, I can't remember which one, owes his money for last week against Jake Garcia. Yeah, uh, Tanner Gray. Tanner, right yeah. Well, then we ought to shake down his brother. So he, if he beats Sandwich, then we're even. That's it. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Let's go into this cup card. Um, before we do, let's take a little break here, Arch. Let's talk about the book club. All right, book club. Let's, meaning maybe you can jump in and talk about the book club. The book club is our private Discord server where I hang out, Steve hangs out, Phil hangs out, Eggburger hangs out, uh, Marky Mark is spitting fire with the uh, soccer plays. Football. 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 Uh, yeah, so you can join. You get a three-day free trial at www.thedgens.net. You get a th- free three-day trial to our private Discord 25 bucks a month after that you will earn it back shortly thereafter just for instance we have a, a future actually three futures on inter miami which is lionel messi's new home we got them to win the mls cup at 40 to 1 it is now 11 to 1 that was this week we got them to win the eastern conference at 25 to 1 that is now plus 550 again that was another play we got this week we got them to beat orlando city in the you know, in the table, that was plus 190. It is minus 250 now. We had to wait just two days to see the book club uh, just absolutely ravage these lines. So join today, especially with the NFL coming. Arch, you've built a new NFL model. We are still in the process of working on it. It seems to spit out profit. We'll see how it does. We'll see how it does. When the lights come on, as they say. Exactly. Tilting was cautiously optimistic. And if you know Tilting Hard, who does hang on the book club, it's very hard to get him to be cautiously optimistic about anything. We we love it. We love a, a wry smile from Tilting Hard. So uh, that's our sales pitch for the book club. You got to join. There's so much money going around, especially right now. I'm 2-0 in my last The Basketball Tournament wagers. That's this right. is the time. So, Steve, let's talk about the cup wagers we have a very hefty card that's why we had to take a break there let's start with the winners we're going martin truex plus 450 DraftKings and fanduel eric almarola 66 to 1 at bet 365 you can play that all the way down to 55 to 1 at DraftKings. and then we're going full unit ship on toyota the manufacturer plus 160 bet 365 plus 140 DraftKings. i mean it probably goes without saying but why do we land on truex and his toyota yeah, so here we go, right? I mean, this is probably going to be definitely the, our longest uh, segment this week, as it usually is. Strap in. <laughs> oh, man. So here we go. I mean, uh, Richmond. So you think of uh, you think of Richmond, I mean, you, you think of Toyota. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. Um, so with that in mind, going to be pretty heavy on Toyota this week. Um, we got the Cookout 400 here. Um, when you look, when I look at the numbers, um, it, it's a lot, lot of Toyota up there. You got Hamlin, Truex, um, C. Bell is up there, but we'll talk about him later. There's, a, there's one reason why I'm not particularly on C. Bell, despite him being in a Toyota this week. So, um, Truex, when you look at the numbers, uh, 
guys number one in track history uh, i like to weigh track history a little more you know this year than i kind of have in the past kind of seen uh you know sonoma this year truex uh, had good track history there and uh last year he struggled at road courses but you know he showed up to uh sonoma this year just walloped the field you know no problem uh, his recent form is impeccable so this is a track that's super predictable we're gonna know where guy is gonna run throughout the race uh, just I, I like where the team is and i'd like you know taking a guy here where you just feel like he's probably gonna have the best car again yeah, man. I mean, you know, in our comp data, you know, the, the races for 2023, I, I should say my comp data, you and I do it a little bit differently, uh, but he's finished 17th, 11th, 3rd, 5th, 2nd, and 1 at New Hampshire. Um, at Richmond, like you said, the, the track history since 2020, he's got one win in those six races, four top fives, 5.0 average finish. He's led 13.5% of all the laps. At Richmond, I mean, the guy's a ringer. He's hot. He's got a new girlfriend. Things are looking up in Martin Truex's life. He's the the new championship favorite. Uh, we have playoff futures on him as well, so we love to see it. Uh, give me all the Martin Truex Jr. smoke this weekend, and let's double dip with the the Toyota emblem. Yeah, there you go. I mean, um, you're getting. Uh... Toyota, again, he had that for the uh, winning manufacturer. That's plus 140. That's the best price that I saw when shopping, again, you know, shopping books. It doesn't get down DraftKings. Unless you're a resident of Colorado, New Jersey, or one of the other ones, you can get Bet365 plus 160. Even better. There you go. I really like that number. I mean, that you're getting a strong value in that case. Got you so, back, Jack. Um. We can uh, incorporate uh, Denny Hamlin into this conversation when you know he's another another guy that runs with the uh, Toyota Brigade, and I like him a lot at Richmond as well. He is number two when it comes to the guys when you look at track history for my numbers. Uh, he ranks number two overall in the model I run here. It kind of incorporates this year's performance on short tracks, track history. I even uh, factored in the pit crew because. Um, I feel like that's been important. It's going to be important this weekend when it comes to when it comes to stops. Uh, you saw a C. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get in C belt later, but that is a factor when it comes to that. So, um, again, Hamlin with Toyota, and uh, we got him also for a top five. That was uh, minus one twenty five when we posted that out. So, seems really good to kind of get Hamlin there at a, at a predictable racetrack at that price. Uh, he won Pocono last week, so he's riding some good form. Uh, he's hated in the, in the you know NASCAR community right now, but we're gonna love him when he you know cashes bets for us. Yes, we will, sir. And you know we were talking about Marty's track history here. Like you said, Denny's is is fantastic as well. In fact, uh, Denny's the only guy that's led more laps than Marty here. Twenty two point eight percent of all the laps. He also has one win in his last six. Same, you know. Four top five finishes. His average finish is a little bit less, six point eight. Uh, but also, you can get that that top five number also even money at Bet three sixty five, which is probably why they they banned me. Um, but yeah, good number there for for Hamlin uh, on the top five market. And if he happens to win, it's a nice hedge against the the Martin Truex bet. Let's talk about these top fives a little bit more, Steve. We've got uh, in addition to Denny, we've got Kyle Larson, even money, Bet three sixty five minus one ten at Bet Rivers. And then we're taking a little sprinkle on Alex Bowman, five to one. Yep. So uh, Larson, uh, track history at Richmond isn't great, but when you kind of look at what he's done this year, and I'm, all, I've, I've kind of been more of uh, what have you done for me lately? And Larson's done a lot for me. He's number one when it comes to short tracks in 2023. The pit crew is really good. So. Um, I mean, he, I, I didn't even incorporate Wilkesboro into my numbers, and he was lightning fast going, just running through the field in that race. So I like, I really like that number there. It's a Bet Rivers minus 106, best number you can get across the board. So uh, Larson might be out for a little revenge from Pocono last week. Uh, you know, might be fired up a little bit, kind of run well here. 
So go ahead and lock that in at minus 106. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Larson. Uh, Larson was my number two ranked guy in my metric, which actually shows somebody way off the beaten path at number one. And can't wait to talk about that. Uh, but tell me a little bit about Alex Bowman and, and why we're uh, we're going to do like a mini ladder on this fella. Yep. So uh, Bowman is not really a guy I like to bet on a whole lot. I'm not going to bet him to win the race. I'm not sure if he's really shown that kind of upside yet. But when you look at his numbers this year on short tracks, certainly um, kind of where he's shining a little bit. He, uh, he's a guy that's, you know, coming back, uh, you know, from uh, missing some races with a head injury. So he's, again, he's just like his teammate, Chase Elliott, kind of just, just trying to get back into the zone. I feel like he, he kind of got back into the zone last week at Pocono. He ran well. That's kind of one of his better racetracks. Uh, he's won at Richmond before. So we can get a guy that's coming, you know, back into shape a little bit here at a track that he's kind of had some success at. This could be a spot where he, he can uh, gain a little bit of mojo. He's just outside of the playoffs, so kind of needs good finishes to get up there. He knows that. The team knows that. Hendrick might be focusing a little bit more on Bowman, try to get him some faster cars. You know, a lot of angles to play with Bowman this weekend. Yeah, man, uh, I'm with it. His green flag speed has been trending the right direction as well. Uh, besides one outlier in the last six, uh, it's been 14, 16, 32, 10, 16, 5. So um, looks like he's starting to figure it out, shake off the rust. And uh, I like I like back and Bowman here. Like you said, his trajectory is pointing up. So we, we like that. Um, moving on to the top 10 market, this is where my favorite play of the weekend resides. Ooh. Yeah, I guess. Have at it. I think it's, is it Brad Kozlowski? Wrong. Oh, oh man. What is it? It's Ryan Blaney for a top ah, 10. That's what even the money. The other one. All right. Yeah, Bet365 and Caesars. Blaney is actually my number one guy in my in my matrix here that I, I you know, I've got the different categories that I picked out and I weighted them differently. Um, you know, it, he's just good at every aspect of it I, I weigh the average starting position a little bit heavier than average finish position fast laps laps led average running position things like that things that i i think are indicators and uh blaney on the short tracks in the next gen era you know he's got the metrics man 11 top 10s in the 15 races uh he's got i think the, the second best average starting position we all know that that this package this year is hard to pass on on these short short tracks um so i like blaney to qualify well and then be fast. And I'm getting him an even money for my number one ranked driver of the weekend for a top 10. Dude, sign me up. Stunned Hello? silence. Everyone wow. can't believe it. Okay. I, I thought maybe there's a little bit of a storm going on here. I thought maybe I disconnected. No, Steve is, is he's befuddled, flummoxed. Flummoxed, if you will. I don't hear some weather outside by me too, though. So maybe I'm next. There he is. What do you think about Blaney? Am I an idiot? No, I think there's a lot of mixed opinions on Blaney this week because it's you got one side saying, "Oh, he's got no track history here," but then you see how he's run lately. You know, that's kind of what I saw with Bowman. So I'm more on the side of you go ahead and back Blaney because I think he's in good form. You know, we haven't seen him run this well like he has the past couple, you know, few weeks. He's been uh, he's been contending for race wins. So I think you have to look at that more so than when he's kind of done, you know, three, you know, the past three or four years. You know, I, I don't I don't weigh that as heavy as I do in the past, you know, two three months. Right. I mean, he had a fast car last weekend. Dropped the cylinder. I think the weekend before was when he ran over the the hose. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Valentine Pit Road. Yeah. So the guy's been in position to win. Uh, and then we I, know he won the Coke 600. So right, right. So yeah, I like the I like Ryan Blaney this weekend. It's going to be hard for me not to have a, a Ryan Blaney win ticket. I think it's 20 to one right now. I I do expect him to qualify well, so that number will shorten after we get off the air here. I'll probably place that in my personal Austin Hill portfolio, is what I call it. But yeah, Ryan Blaney. Um, so going down the card, I'm sure, you know, these are the rest of these are your plays, so you can talk about them. Got Brad Keselowski, plus 125. Bowman on that mini ladder, plus 175. Eric Almarola, 2-1, to one, FanDuel and Caesars. 
And then I found a crazy number on Ricky Stenhouse, nine to one. Really? At 365. Man, that's a good book this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I Come mean, thank God I have a, uh, a proxy. <laughs> All right, yeah. Bra- so Brad Kozlowski is the guy I kind of thought you were going to go to because uh, I know we've, you've liked a lot of his plays so far this year. And there's a lot of things going, you know, his way when, it, when I see the numbers. Pit crew is strong inside the top five. Track history, he is really good at Richmond historically. And he's been good this year on short, flat tracks. So he's inside the top 10 in those numbers um, as far as that goes. Uh, so he kind of comes out just outside the top five uh, in the raw projections. So you're getting that at a plus price. I like that a lot. I get, he's a guy, again, that's kind of just um, – I'm not sure where he is in the playoffs, but he doesn't have a win. So I know he's definitely going to be points racing. So we need that consistency for him this weekend. And I like the, kind of the angle there. I think it's the perfect spot playing him for a top 10. Yeah, Brad is 12th in the uh, the playoff standing. So, you know, a win would lock him in, um, you know, but but they've been running pretty good in the points here. Uh, they've been very, very strong recently. And shout out to Cuzzo in that RFK garage. Those boys are cooking. For sure. I mean, I like Brad more than I like Busher this weekend, as we'll see later on in the card. But I think Brad's definitely kind of come on stronger than Busher. And, you know, last year, Brad had a lot going on. Uh, you know, he, that was his inaugural year running AFK, you know, as a part owner. So I'm sure he was kind of drinking through a fire hose that season, a lot of distractions. He likes, it feels like this year he's kind of buckled down and is kind of geared more towards back towards, you know, the racing side of things. And that's good for us if we're taking his, you know, taking his side this weekend. Bingo. Uh, and then, you know, we talked about Bowman. Let's talk about Eric Almirola a little bit. We we sprinkled him for the win. We've got him here at the top five at a you know still a very decent price, two to one. Um, you know we we saw him run really well at New Hampshire two weeks ago. He was up front and you know had been very impressive. And then they didn't get a wheel tight on the restart, and he wrecked it from the front row. Yeah, that was a very interesting radio communication there. Uh, I think I are you sure it's tight? In the book, in We're the book sure it's tight. It. What's... Go ahead. I said, you know, on the radio, they were like, are you sure it's tight? Right. Yeah, we're sure it's tight. And then the restart and... happened. Oh, we didn't get it tight. Yeah, yeah. He's like, why'd the wheel come off? It wasn't tight. Okay. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. So... Um, you know, Almirola actually had something for Truex on those long runs. He was he was running right with him. And, you know, the longer the run got, you know, the more he, he sort of closed that gap. So we were on him to win that day. The old concrete king owes us a little bit of money. This one's flat. It's not concrete. So maybe we'll get paid back here. Now tell me about Ricky Stenhouse. 9-1, to one, bet 365, 6-1 is still a really good number at FanDuel. So go ahead and play that. Uh, but why are we on on old Recky Stenhouse. Yeah, this is, this is not really one that's going to probably pop when you look at the raw numbers, but he does have, you know, just outside the top 15, you know, for short tracks this year. I, I think Ricky's run better this year. So with that in mind, I certainly don't mind kind of sprinkling in a longer shot in case, you know, you never know what can happen. You can uh, run long. You can get a little different on strategy, et cetera. But he can also get done raw pace. And I think I, there, I, I can't remember if it was at Richmond specifically, but he was running inside the top five at one of these short tracks. So uh, it's possible that he can get done at, at a place like this. Yeah, I don't mind it. Nine to one, I'll, uh, you know, I'll sprinkle. No problem. Um, we've got, Steve, we've got a ton of head-to-heads here. So I'll just run them down. I'll just run down the list here and we can talk about you know who our play on targets are and who the uh the fade targets are so we're going kyle larson over christopher bell brad kislowski tyler over tyler reddick bubba wallace over christopher busher joey logano and chase elliott both over kyle bush alex bowman over daniel suarez denny hamlin over kevin harvick my man ryan blaney over ross chastain and then we're going martin truex 
over both Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell. Boy, that's a lot of plays pre-practice. Yeah, so kind of my thinking here is that um, I think we kind of know what to expect already at a place like Richmond. We we have a lot of data to fall back on so far this year. So I'm probably not looking to add a whole lot, you know, post-practice. I think I think uh, what we're going to see in practice is going to be what we've seen already so far this year. So I'm not really I'm not really trying to you know catch the books you know, off guard and when they repost, I'm just looking to, to, to use what I've got in front of me and just, just hammer it. And uh, that's kind of what the uh, strategy has been here. I think we've had more success in our pre-practice plays than our post-practice plays. We've gotten closing line value for the most part this year. So I'm perfectly comfortable with laying it all, laying it all you know, up front. Yeah, I, I think you made a really good point there. With all the data we have, we can almost sort of pick out ranges where we think these guys will qualify and then what they'll do in the races. So, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at this as if, you know, we know where they're going to be after the, the grid is set, the starting grid, and we're going to take the value as it stands. Um, you know, I, I trust our numbers. They've been great. We, you know, there's been some things we can't control, a lot of things we can't control, um, you know, but, but I really, really like these plays. The one I, I, you know, I need you to explain to me. I get that Kyle Larson and Martin Truex are play-ons. Why are we fading Chris Bell? Yeah, so um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I, I guess I'll uh, expose what my thinking was on this. If you look at the numbers, and you, I mean, you'll see really good things. We saw you saw really good things in New Hampshire. You know, loud in New Hampshire. See Bell looked to be a guy that was in contention to win the race. But the problem is his pit crew has just cost him way too much this year. And I don't know why they, uh, you know, so far off from the other guys at Joe Gibbs, you know, the, the other three guys, the pit crews are, you know, on their game. But you look at C. Bell and that crew is, that, that, crew, that pit crew cost C. Bell the whole race at, you know, in New Hampshire. They messed up multiple times and stops. And it was unaccept- just unacceptable. Um, just, you cannot put a guy back in traffic like that at a short track with this car and this package. It, it, you cannot pass. And if you're doing that, you've thrown the race away. And if you price C-Bell up there, you know, shorter than 10 to 1, but you cannot execute on pit road, you're already falling behind. So. And, and we're expecting a busy pit road. Uh, you know, at Richmond, it's it's – you know, not easy on the tires. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. You know, yeah, I mean, you're going to be pitting every time a caution comes out. <laughs> correct. This track eats tires for dinner. So mm-hmm. you are going to be pitting every time, you know, you see the yellow flag and we've seen, you know, um, cautions be somewhat regular this year. Yep. And that's just more opportunities for that Christopher Bell team to, you know, screw the pooch. And we saw it last year with Ryan Blaney. I mean, just, you know, when, when that, that sort of narrative sinks in, it becomes true. Um, you know, and, and we've seen it with Christopher Bell here in the past month. And why would we expect anything different if he does go out and just absolutely cream the field? Well, we've got we've got Toyota to win, so that'll be a nice little hedge. Yeah, I mean, it, it really becomes a mental game, right? You know, once you mess up once, it just it feels like it's it's hard to get back. You know, out of that that hole you dig in for yourself. The team just loses you know confidence, and it's hard to. Uh, Snap you know, out of it. Where we need to be. Yep. Um, and when, when you, you talk about guys that he's up against, you know, Truex, I understand it's minus 140, but, you know, Truex is number one guy right now. So, you, 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 I mean, you should, he should be beating Seabell on track and on pit road. So, you got you got, you got two angles that we can definitely uh, outperform. And then, you know, Larson is, uh, again, over Chris, Christopher Bell. Uh, same thing. His pit crew is better. He's better on the racetrack. So, this is two ways that Seabell can lose these matchups. So I agree. feel strongly about these. Love it. And then we're going with a double fade on Kyle Busch as well. We've got Joey Logano and Chase Elliott to beat Kyle Busch. I see how you got to this one, but go ahead and give me your, your train of thought. Yeah. A lot of guys are looking at Kyle Busch because of his track history here, but a lot of that comes from the team he raced for. You know, he's with Joe Gibbs his whole career. Well, basically his whole career, he had some, you know, some Hendrick Motors, you know, Hendrick 
Um, I mean, he was he was in it for all the relevant data points for this right. exercise. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So when you look at you, you look at that and you you think, uh, oh well, this is a guy where you look at you want to back track history, but right, you know, that, that's not necessarily the case when you move teams. So now Kyle Busch is going to be with RCR, and you look at what he's done this year with RCR on short tracks, uh, and, and it's pretty ugly. So. I have him, you know, around 20th as far as, you know, green flag speed goes for uh, short tracks. So um, I cannot imagine why he should be priced up there with these guys this year um, performing, uh, you know, places like Richmond, Martinsville, et cetera. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, you know, he was in that Joe Gibbs wagon, which is synonymous with Richmond. But, you know, if you dig into the data, Logano and Elliott both have have some better data points to, to reference. Uh, Joey Logano, since 2020 in those six races, 6.8 average finish. Chase Elliott, 8.0. Kyle Busch, 9.2. So there's that. Uh, laps led. Joey Logano, 317. Chase Elliott in five races, not six, has 61. Kyle Busch, 46. Also, Kyle Busch, no top fives. Each of our other two heroes have three top fives. So, I mean, you know, those are simple data points to, to find. Uh, and, you know, tip of the cap to driveraverages.com for that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're getting plus money on that. Yeah, plus one. I, well, I think uh, it's now plus 105. But any plus number you're getting, I think uh, Elliot is fine at plus 100. I haven't played that one yet because I was hoping, you know, maybe things – move around a little bit uh maybe another book open but i'll have to set up plus 100 there um elliot has good track history here so if he can uh just kind of do his thing you know get better as the race goes on this is a pretty long race so i, I like the races where elliot can kind of hone that car in you know make the necessary adjustments he always seems to get better as the race goes on so i mean uh, that's uh so that's kind of my my thinking there. Um, cool. All right. So that's that's deep dives into four of the head to heads. Let's knock out two more, Steve. Um, we're fading Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain in matchups. We're, we're fading the track house boys. We've talked about the merits of Alex Bowman, and he's against Daniel Suarez. We've talked about the merits of Ryan Blaney. He's over Ross Chastain. Uh, why are we fading track house? Yeah, Trackhouse is a tricky one, right? Because we, we made this mistake. I guess I will say it. We made this mistake at Nashville. You know, we saw Trackhouse kind of starting to lose some pace. And then he, we went to Nashville. But then, you know, Nashville is a place where Ross was historically very, very fast. Um, so this time, though, he's kind of losing form, you know, once again. But, however, um, Richmond is not really a place that Chastain has taken a liking to. You know, in general, short flat tracks are not, you know, Ross's bread and butter. I Means okay, he's around tenth as far as track history goes, but he's, you know, around fifteenth this year for you know short tracks. So, with that in mind, I will be more than comfortable to play Alex Bowman, who is about five positions better or so this year on short flat tracks. And slightly better, I would say, history to go with that. And definitely better recent form. Yeah, man. So, you know, Ryan Blaney in that Ross Chastain matchup. Ryan Blaney, number one in my my metrics. Um, you know, I'm sure he's up there in yours as well. Uh, Ross Chastain is 10th in mine. So that's a, a nine position difference. Um, you know, plus Trackhouse, they've been unloading somewhat slow here. Um Ross's last four weeks, green flag speed, 22, 30, 22, 22. Um, that, that's not going to get it done against Blaney. And Suarez, man, he's been unloading slow too. His last six, 21, 15, 17, 20, 20, 31 in green flag speed. Uh, Trackhouse trending down. Like you said, Bowman, Blaney trending up. These two plays feel really good. I hope your dad doesn't yell at me again <laughs> if we miss ross chastain on the outright <laughs> yeah i mean uh, super disappointing last week man um 
when you know you look at the numbers last week at Pocono, track house should have been you know hammer spots. They uh, their history was so good. You know they, they're so good this year on intermediate tracks, and you know just, they just laid an egg on both sides. So I have no confidence that they're going to be following up with you know any kind of come back here. This is not kind of their strength. So I'm I'm ready to fade until I see something. And fade we will. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because we have just crossed over that hour threshold. I am comfortable with what we have, uh, with what we talked about. I feel re- I feel really good at what we got. I do too, sir. I'm pretty pumped up this week. I, I love having a big card that's a lot of action to look forward to. Looks like we're going to have a dry racetrack on Sunday. It's going to be hot for the Cookout 400. Let's get these things home. Let's have a good weekend of, of four races. Get into the book club at thedgens.net. Everyone hates wins. Also in URL we have. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be liable for damages related to its contents.